This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Nirvana Sisters, where we discuss all things health and well-being to help you achieve your highest state, your nirvana. Hi, I'm Amy Sherman, a marketing exec with a passion for wellness and beauty. Hi, I'm Katie Chandler, a former fit model that has a passion for health and fitness. We are sisters-in-law who share the same love for well-being, ready to sift through all the self-care noise and bring you a splash of what we think is fun. So let's get started. This week, we sat down with Michelle Aspinwall, the age alchemist. She is an international best-selling author, an integrative biohacker, and creator of Ace Skin, which is a bespoke skincare line for women specifically over 40. Michelle's personal experience of applying Eastern principles of healing, studying over 100 dietary theories, her medical chef work, and professional certifications through IIN and AADP to help empower, educate, and guide women to recognize that their genetic predisposition doesn't have to be their fate. She helps women age timelessly and helps them prevent chronic disease, creating vitality and longevity. Yeah, she's got major creds in this space, and it was really helpful to hear her point of view on how to age and not be sort of scared of aging in a way and really how to understand your hormones and how to understand the different phases like your 20s and 30s and 40s and what that means and how you should be taking care of yourself. So I really learned a lot and got really educated on the subject. Yeah. She is also just really inspirational too, right? With uh, She has a lot of great like tips and everything for women empowerment and just how to stay healthy and feel great as, as we get older. It, it was it was a lot of fun. So we hope you enjoyed the episode. Hi, Nirvana Sisters family. Welcome to this week's episode. I happen to be very excited about this one because we are honored to have my cousin, Michelle Aspinwall. She is brilliant and is a super wealth of knowledge of all things health, wellness, body, hormones, food, everything. Uh, We like to call her, she calls herself the age alchemist, which is the most brilliant title ever. And we want to get to know what exactly that means. So hi, Michelle. Thanks for being here. Hi, Katie. Thanks tons. Thanks, Amy. Welcome to the show. So let's start with our Nirvana of the week. Amy, you want to go first? Yes, I will go first. So there were a lot of Nirvanas this week, but one small one, which is um, notable, was Katie and I were in Nashville last week together, which was amazing and is is a Nirvana in and of itself. But as I was packing for my trip, I hadn't traveled in so long, clearly. Everyone is starting to like travel. And so I like forgot how to pack. I was like, my toiletries, where is everything? Where is all my... Because I used to have it so organized. So I go into one of my toiletry bags that I used to pack with. And then I didn't think I had anything in there. And then I looked and they were like, everything was already in there. My little conditioner, my little shampoo, my little... <laughs> like everything was like lined up perfectly. And I'm like, oh, I guess I had already just kept this there. And it was so easily done because I was thinking, oh, I have to like transfer all this stuff again. And I was like, oh boy, am I smart. I already had it all planned and ready to go. So it was like just this little note of like, oh, okay, I actually don't have to pack all this annoying stuff that I thought I did. So it's just my little like, ah, moment of joy before I went on my trip. A, a moment of realizing, oh, I have traveled before. It's yeah. It's been so I long, know, but I, in I fact, do know I what have. I'm doing and I am actually prepared. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's great. That's my Nirvana is completely wrapped up in the same thing. Us being in Nashville together, uh, you know, we had one day where we were just collaborating and going back and forth and coming up with all these great ideas for the podcast and for expansion. And that was just a really great moment for me. I, I to, to be in a place where my mind had space to think about these things, not chasing after the kids, not thinking about all the responsibilities. There's just you know, I, I made space for it and it, and we were riffing and it was great. It was, it was really special. So Michelle, what about yours? I, in the, in the vein of travel, I think the same thing. I had the opportunity to travel to Tulum for a retreat where it was like the beginning of my skincare line, the branch that's for, for retreats called the bespoke line. So I got to travel to Tulum. I got to speak to the ladies and I actually got to interact with them using the product, which is never, ever something I get to do. So that was my nirvana this week. 
That sounds amazing. I'm jealous. Yeah, I've nice never been to you. Tulum and I've I always know. wanted to go. So yeah. we'll have to we'll have to go on a Nirvana Sisters retreat in Tulum and bring you with us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all over that. <laughs> Love it. Okay. So we're going to jump into some quick fire questions to get to know you a little bit more, Michelle. So what led you to become the age alchemist? Lots of things, but I just a, a quick sort of thing is I think a lot of women have come into in the past like five to 10 years, recognizing and realizing that what we thought we wanted to do at 18 or 21 or 30 is actually just, you know, kind of something maybe we thought we should do or thought was a good idea. We were coerced by family members. And what I realized in understanding my own health is that I have a wealth of knowledge. I've, I'm my own greatest guinea pig, and I wanted to share that with others. Tell us about the journey of getting to where you are now, because I know you have uh, you are a medical chef, and you have a product line, and you're a health coach, and you're doing all these wonderful things. So tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah, it was kind of, it's a funny journey. So I had, I was a set and costume designer for, I don't know, 15 or so years. I went to school for, you know, design and then went on to go to more school for design and then was kind of working really hard and didn't really pay attention to lifestyle and necessarily, I mean, I always love to eat and that was never a problem, but I didn't realize how hard the theater lifestyle is on, on my body in particular. So I was diagnosed with thyroid disease and Hashimoto's somewhere around 30 or 31. I can't remember the exact year because it took years to get that diagnosis. I knew something was wrong. And then it got so bad. I was like, what's happening? I'm having a heart attack. Who knows? And then once I got the diagnosis, I was told like, oh, it's just a pill. You just take a pill for the rest of your life. You're actually very lucky. Well, I was, I'm part of the 1% of the 1% that that pill just kind of doesn't work for. Actually, it, it sort of regulated some pretty important bodily functions, but it triggered a whole other host of issues down the line. So I spent the next like seven years, it didn't take me seven years to get pregnant, but for the next seven years, getting pregnant uh, the first time that took a while and just understanding how to support my body and feel more like myself. So that was sort of the big tipping point. And then once I turned 40, that's where the age alchemy sort of started to happen. So I went from really enjoying food and nutrition. And that was a big part of my healing process was healing metabolic syndrome, which was really the biggest part of why I developed Hashimoto. And then sort of recognizing that there's so much more to the aging process than just wrinkles on my face and breasts starting to sag and all the fun things that happen as we gather the years, right? And so I started to be more interested in how the body ages and working with data because I think science is incredibly sexy. So I started really working on myself, collecting data, really understanding the functionality of really targeting my brain, my sleep, my heart, my hormones. And through that, I feel like I have a pretty good handle on the aging process and how to help women not only titrate or heal themselves from chronic disease, either titrate off medication or heal from chronic disease, but also really get out of that rat race of trying to turn back the clock, defy time, you know, age backwards, that kind of stuff. Because I've known many women in my life that have died from breast cancer and ovarian cancer and cervical cancer, and they'd give anything to be aging right now. So I don't know, I have a mission to sort of change the trajectory of women's health. I mean, as much as I possibly can, like one woman at a time. So you must be a bit of a research junkie then like I am because to we have very similar journeys with our health to to get sick and then to figure out how to heal yourself did you just find yourself nonstop diving into all of these things like like you said the data and researching and PubMed and just going really deep into it to to discover what was going to work for you this is, we're talking, okay, so I'm older than Katie, obviously. Um, we're talking like pre-internet for me. And this was kind of also pre before doctors stopped kind of doctors are, you know, the really good doctors, the doctors who are pretty cutting edge and keeping up with cutting edge science, which is not the norm in the medical profession. And, you know, we can't fault them there. There's no line 
on an insurance form for sit and talk to this woman and hear what's going on in her life so we can help figure out what's it's basically like what is the line that is on this form and how can I help her quickly? And also their resources, like their resource, they don't, they don't understand food. They don't go to school for nutrition and, you know, we haven't really talked about menopause or perimenopause, but like, that's not a medical condition. That's literally a rite of passage. So I think a lot of what women are feeling, especially as they near and, and cross the, the 40 path is a shift in hormones. And that's, something that there's a lot of data out there as you, you know, I think you asked me the data question, but there's also like really understanding your body and how your body functions. Cause there's no one diet that's perfect for a vast majority of people. Like every, we are individual bio computer, you know, energetic beings living a human existence in a world that's incredibly toxic. So we don't have a lot going for us over 40 in that respect. It's like you really have to kind of swim against the stream to do it naturally and to do it deeply. Tell us about hormonal coaching specifically and why it's your field of concentration. Because when I read that, I was like, I've actually never heard of that. And it's genius because I've been talking to Katie about this for years where I think my hormones off because I get migraines and, you know, all this stuff. But I didn't really, to your point, like it's not, who do you even talk to about it? Because there's not really a doctor or a coach for that until I met you, of course, but can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. So up until it, you know, the age changes for everybody. For most women, they don't really notice or symptoms as we call symptoms. I like to call it dialogue. So I think our body's always trying to give us nudges and give us information, always giving us feedback based on what we're actually analyzing in our world, in our inner world, as well as, you know, road rage and getting somewhere on time and fulfilling a meeting and making sure everyone's fed, all the things that women are are juggling in, in our modern world. And so up until about 42 seems to be like a really pivotal age for most women, but between 38 and 42, it's that sort of murky gray ground where women start to feel things and things change a little bit, but it's nothing debilitating. It certainly doesn't, you know, for, for most women, it doesn't lay them flat for a week or two weeks out of their cycle. Then you hit 42 and things start to really shift and they start to shift very quickly. And for a lot of women, they don't quite understand because again, I'm generation X. So if you're, you know, I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So gen X, like our mothers were the great guinea pigs of women's health, right? Like the birth control didn't exist before our mother's generation. Hormone replacement therapy didn't exist. There were a lot of things that didn't exist. And our mothers had the great advantage of having what, what was called, you know, the, the birth of women's health, but in a weird kind of way, they were given a lot of stuff that hadn't ha- had trials. And if it had, it wasn't trialed on women for the most part. And unfortunately, a lot of what they tried out either didn't work or didn't work well enough. And it led them down the path of the great operation that, sa- that saves us all from ourselves, which is either a partial hysterectomy or hysterectomy, which means our generation, we're like the lost generation of hormones. We actually don't know what to do, how to deal with it what it even means because our mothers either didn't go through it, don't remember it or remember it in such a horrible way that there's not a whole lot of information and help. So we're trying to figure this all out now. So, you know, here we are. It's not that bad. So from age 42 to say 45, 46, 47, that's when women really feel the shifts. That's when hormones really change. And that's the, these are the years that estrogen goes a bit whack. That's what I like to call it. And then as you get very close to menopause and your periods start to become irregular, that's really when you're noticing that estrogen is doing the deep decline. So the decline in the sense that our ovaries are not, they're sort of slowing down and and really resting, you know, getting ready to have the great rest that they deserve after all these decades of creating a cycle. And then we, when we go through menopause, which is basically one day, it's the day that you haven't had a period for 12 consecutive months. That's your menopausal party day. And then everything after that is post-menopause. That's kind of the clinical definition of it. So up leading up to your menopausal party day, that's when what women are usually having to feel and sort of deal with is the effects of estrogen going whack, being normal, then plummeting and doing all of that simultaneously. Some months it's all of those things and some months 
it's more normal for our bodies. And then other months, you know, progesterone isn't rising because progesterone has to do with if you're ovulating and we sort of stop ovulating consistently as we get closer to 53, because 53 is like the the sort of average age of menopause. So a lot of women, like I didn't even know, I was like, menopause, that's like Wait, That's for my 60. grandmother. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, exactly. I mean, when I talk to women, when I use the word midlife, uh, a woman I used to work with was, she's she was 42. She's like, well, I'm not midlife. I was like, babe, what do you think you are? You're going to live to like 115? Like what, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm on, I'm on that. That's what I want to do. But women don't think of midlife until, until they're 50 or over. So- the 40 to 50 is still these years that we're trying to we're trying to kind of maintain youth, right? In whatever definition you use that as. And the unfortunate thing is 40 to 50, this decade that I think can feel like a, a lifetime, is this really beautiful decade that if you get your shit in in order, then actually menopause is this amazing portal that you get to go through. Now I know that that is not what is usually said about menopause, but that's the belief that I'm choosing to take on until I am, you know, told, told otherwise, if you will. I, I just, I'm not available for suffering for the next 10 or 15 years of my life because of hormonal imbalance. So that's kind of where that came from. That. I know. <laughs> that's so like, yeah. that's very think, inspiring. Yes. That is just, such a great outlook and I have not heard it framed that way. And that is so important because you're right. I think people between their 40s and 50s are trying to figure that figure it out and are trying to figure out how, how to get their shit together. And most people don't know. Like you, you try one thing, you try another thing, you're like, oh, I feel good today. I don't feel good the next day. And you just sort of live with it. But to your point, it's so important to figure out what makes you feel good that when you go through the portal <laughs> and, your, and your celebration day, then uh, it's not so scary. How are you making that happen then? You you demystify hormones, which I, I love that. How have you figured that out and, and are applying it to your clients? So the the really important aspect of this, well, there's three sort of major important parts of this. The first is if you don't understand and have a really solid foundation with your diet, uh, with nutrition being nutritionally supported on a daily basis. Like women, we are really good at dieting. We're really good at starving ourselves or think, thinking and using food in a way that it's not actually supposed to be. Food is just biology. Food is just substance that goes in, it gets chewed, it gets digested. We assimilate vitamins and minerals, and then we have energy. That's essentially what food is. But we've, of course, in our modern world, we've created food to be this thing, Right. We use it to numb, we use it to squash, we use it to as punishment, we use it as reward, we use it for a lot of things. So diet nutrition is of paramount importance. And then the next thing is supplementation. Now, I'm not a big fan of taking lots and lots of pills, but I will say there are several nutrients and amino acids that if women don't, if you're not testing that, and if you don't if you don't actually know what your levels are and you're just taking vitamins, it's actually sort of a waste of money. So in my practice, we do um, some some very specialized testing. I, I really love this test called the Dutch test, dried urine comprehensive hormone test. And it tests not only what your hormones are doing in that moment, but also the metabolites of those hormones. And that's actually without getting too nerdy here, it's really how the body uses the hormones and then expels them. So that's the second. And then the third is recognizing in lifestyle, how do you live your life? What do you believe is available to you? And how do you imagine your life to go for the next 30, 40, 50 years? Because what you believe is what you bring into your world. And it's what you seek out, even if you're not believing that. Some people believe that their bodies just mess up and it's actually not the case that we have a lot of control over how our body functions. But unfortunately, what we've done is we've just sort of sat our butt in a chair and given our power away to a doctor who doesn't really know that much about us and, and actually hasn't kept up with some pretty amazing cutting edge science. And so here we are. And then that's considered women's health. But the last part is really understanding that 
when we stop, when estrogen is, is really goes to the adrenal glands and adipose tissue, because I prefer to call tissue, tissue versus fat, fat's a nutrient and tissue is skin. Tissue has blood vessels and even our, our belly fat, all of our fat produces um, small amounts of estrogen. So it's a little, that's a little part of why women gain a little bit of weight, especially as they get closer to menopause. And you just have to kind of, I don't know, I always encourage women to embrace gaining like between six and 10 pounds as they get closer to 50, because that's really helping supply estrogen to a body that's used to having a certain amount. And then it's, it's, it's going, going down fast. Mm. (laughs) So it's a, it's a big, you know, and women really spend, we spend a huge amount of time worrying about what we look like, what size we are and how young we look. It's a massive time suck in our brain. And if we took that energy and we just, you know, replaced it or kind of used it for something a little bit more substantial, I mean, can you imagine what the world would be like if every woman sort of like halved there, the amount of energy and time we put into what we look like, into how we feel and the contributions we're making in the world. So that's kind of where, that's kind of what it is, what, what I do and why I do it. And the irony of this is, is that as women actually become very in tune and working with their body, their minds work different and they, their magnetism is much greater. And it actually gives them, it just opens the world for them. Like women have gone on to, you know, start publishing houses, to starting their own business, to growing their business to multiple six and seven figures. Like we want money in the hands of like wonderful heart-centered, like strong, badass women. Like that's the other side of this, right? That's like the the little feminist in me. Like, yeah, you know, we can rule the world. Hell yeah, we can. Love that. That's some good parenting advice that I need to, to pass down to the girls too. You know, something that you said, I, it, it reminded me of something that I, I read from you that I want to quote that I think is really powerful. And I related a lot to it. And I think our listener will. And it's when we're out of balance in life, it shows itself with hints, whispers, maybe a poke or even a nudge. Before long, this leads to a feeling which eventually turns into a pain. The body adapts to the symptom much faster than the mind acknowledges it. By the time we recognize it, it is it often is already pain, anxiety, or worse. The body has been enduring something for too long, and that is just speaks to so much because chronic illness, your, your hormones shifting. It's you don't recognize these little things that are happening unless you really choose to and to tune in. So it becomes really easy to steamroll and fall apart, right? It's such totally. a good point, Katie, because I think I, I'm so glad we're doing this episode because people that are listening that are under 40, which is a lot of you, should pay attention to this stuff early because I think I didn't. And as Katie knows, I, you know, a couple of years ago really struggled with, with vestibular migraines and I still have them, but now I'm aware of it. Whereas I think there must have been signs over the years of moving quickly and just traveling and just working hard and not paying attention to my body. I mean, of course, like eating well and working out, but not really paying attention to the anxiety and the stress that I was putting on my body where I got to the point where I was you know, having vertigo attacks and literally couldn't function. So it's so important to reflect and figure out your body before you actually have before something happen late. before it's too late where something happens and then you're trying to like unwind. Well, why did this happen? And why do I feel this way? And now I have to go on a medication and now I have to do that. So it's just, um, it's a really salient point. So thanks for reading that quote. Do you, do you work with people under 40 or do you mostly focus 40 and above? You do work with. I do. I mean, I have a client right now who's 24. We've been working together for over a year, but yeah, I work with women in their thirties. A lot of women in their thirties Here's what here's what women usually do. Oh, it's not that big of a deal or oh, my doctor says things are normal or oh, my blood works fine. But the difference between, you know, standard lab work in a standard reference range and an and an ideal reference range is massive. I mean, vitamin D levels are just a perfect example. The standard range is like 25 to 80. I don't know anyone who does well or functions well or feels well at between 25 and 35. Most people do best between 40 and 80. And the ideal range is like 50 to 70. So that's just an example. But if you, as women, 
most women I work with have never even looked at their blood work. They don't even know what it looks like, let alone what their standard range is, let alone what their doctors are testing. You know, in the past year, I've been incorporating blood work into that because there's a lot of markers that I can see. And that just helps me hone in even closer as to, okay, obviously this person looks like they're not methylating. If you're not methylating B vitamins, you're not making hormones. And if you're not making hormones, it's not going to get easier the closer you get to 50. So, you know, the testing is really important, but also like as we get closer to menopause, the, the, what you eat. So the food you eat, not only like what the physical food is, but where you get it from, is it in season? And I know everyone knows, oh yeah, eat locally in season, but I'm not sure everyone really grasps why. For example, I'll give you an example. Like when you eat dandelion greens, for example, I don't know if people are big green greens fans, but just for any woman out there who's wondering, like, give me something to hold on to. Like the more leafy greens that you eat that are cooked, because our our you know, raw greens are very hard to break down. Like raw kale is very, very hard on the digestive system and the endocrine system, especially, and especially if you have a low thyroid or a thyroid condition, it's even worse. But so for example, if you eat dandelion greens that are in the grocery store, those are cultivated. Those have been on a truck. They're in a farm that's probably part organic, part not organic. So your food isn't entirely organic versus if you get something from a farmer's market that it's grown locally, not only is traditionally, usually farmers, because pesticides and all those things are really expensive, so they try to use as little as possible. So the soil is usually healthier. And our body, with dandelion greens in particular, they're sort of bitter. And our body has receptors for foods that are bitter. And those receptors are really, really important, especially in the season in which they're grown. So dandelion greens are really prevalent, like sort of, it's a little past, but, you know, spring and into early summer. And then we have other greens that come in. So when you eat them at that time period, it actually helps to wake up your hormonal system and keep you more in a Cascadian, more in tune with your Cascadian rhythm. And then a woman's body is very, very, very sophisticated. And don't think for a second that our receptors don't look for different tastes and flavors. So bitter is one of them. Um, astringent is another. So there's all these different flavors that are really important. So when, as you get closer to 50, these flavors and these receptors, if you keep feeding your body and nourishing your body on this level, the body knows exactly what to do with these foods versus, for example, taking a calcium pill. We're always told to take calcium, right? As we age, if you look at a calcium pill, it's like chalky, it's very brittle. So for most people, if you're not taking the right kind of calcium with the right kind of minerals with it. It's just going straight to your arteries. But if you eat, for example, greens that have, you know, very high mineral content, you're actually feeding your bones from the inside and that keeps them less brittle like calcium supplements and more malleable and stronger because minerally they are supported. So that's like another example. Now we can do that through herbs because some people are like, I can't stand dandelion greens. Okay, so let's start doing, let's do some herbs instead. But it's understanding that this sort of ancient wisdom that's been, I mean, we, this has been passed down for thousands of years. It's available to us, but we're living so fast. I mean, me included, like I'm on the, I'm on the box every single day for hours. And it's like physically I have to make myself get off the box, the computer. That's what I call the box. <laughs> What's an example of astringent foods? So astringent foods are like fermented foods fall into astringent. So okay. it has like a different flavor to it. Yeah. And then there's like prebiotic foods and a lot of those are astringent. So like asparagus is a, another really great food to eat. Um, and food has energy, like the energy of... So I was... On this retreat, one of the things I talked about was I sort of defined health because there were there were several women on the, in at the retreat who had uh, various autoimmune diseases, and once you have one, you're told, "Oh, you'll probably have multiple autoimmune diseases," which is kind of a shitty thing to tell a woman because it's already disempowering to to think that your body is attacking itself, and then to hear well, actually here you are and you'll probably have more, which I'm here to say that that's completely not true and don't believe that for a second. 
and you have a lot of control of, over what your body does and functions. But what I, the way I defined health is, and this is something that I really believe and I, I keep this, I hold this very close to my heart as I work through my own health and my own aging process, which is the body is incredibly adapt and it's meant to adapt at all stages of life. So health is actually how resilient the body is. We're going to get sick. That's, I mean, we can't not get sick. Like it's, it's part of the body's defense mechanism. We eat things we breathe in air, we touch our eyes, we touch our ears, we go swimming in water. Like we're exposed to bacteria and viruses all the time. We're meant to have that. In fact, we live amongst them and it's it's the relationship between them that's really important and that has to do a lot with how you eat. Also how you think. But but the 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 interesting thing about health is women don't recognize that it's how resilient you are. How quickly do you actually heal from something? How fast do you bounce back? right? Like when you work out, does it take you four days or five days for your muscles not to be sore? Or is it just like a day or a day and a half? Because that resilience is saying something about your health. Yeah, that's an early sign, right? You, as soon as I remember when I first started getting sick, speaking of autoimmunity, I couldn't climb a flight of stairs. I was 29. And it was one of those nudges that you were talking about. And I thought, I actually had the thought, I guess I'm getting old. Like I was 29 years old. It was ridiculous. And I stopped being able to work out. And it's, I think what you were saying earlier about looking at like these, you know, women doing um, their blood work and, and their doctor saying, oh, you're in range. Everything looks good. There's such a difference between the doctor saying, check, 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 you're fine versus I want optimal health. How, how can I achieve optimal health? And I, I feel like not a lot of people knows A, that that's possible. B, that it exists, C, that they could ever even feel it. And if they did feel it, they what, what what's actually happening to me right now? And oh, how do I maintain this? So it seems like, especially if your younger clients, you're really helping them achieve optimal health so that they can segue into this next phase easier, more gracefully feeling their best. Definitely, right? definitely. So do you, your, your six pillars of hormonal health, and I, I realize that people pay you a lot of money to give us all these goods, <laughs> but what would give us, give us some of your top tips for the mastery of your hormones? Totally. And just to be clear, like I'm, I love talking about this and if we are not, we, we all have this information and the way, when I work with women, it's not about the information, it's about the transformation. So women traditionally me included, if we don't have somebody there cheering us on, lighting a fire, telling us yes, and hearing our, our BS that we tell ourselves, our poor little me stories, and that that, that transformation isn't going to happen. So I'm happy to, to, to give the goods. So the six pillars, so I sort of talked about them. So nutrition, supplementation, the people that surround you is a huge part of it. I mean, if you hang out with people that don't build you up and don't show you what's possible and don't sort of inspire you, then of course you're not going to do it. Like, why would you? Because we are a culmination of the five or six people that we hang out with all the time, right? So it's the people, it's having a purpose, like having a purpose is huge. And I remember the day at 42, where I was, I was unloading the dishwasher, a regular day at the dishwasher. And it was like, is this it? Like I've reached all the pillars in life. Like I'm married, I have kids, I own a home. I, you know, I made it to a really high point in my career before I sort of took a little break. And I was like, is this it? Like, what is there? You know, so it was that moment where I realized this isn't it. And, you know, there's a, there's a round two or round three, but, um, but that's a huge one, actually having a purpose other than raising children. And there's, that is a huge purpose, but it doesn't last for the rest of our lives. They do fly the nest if you're lucky. So, so your purpose, how you sleep. So women traditionally sleep again is like this. It's like a, it's like some sort of status symbol to sleep very little. Like I can function on four hours of sleep. Crazy. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And you know, there's a spiritual, religious, however you want to put it component that I think is really important. Also, you have to recognize how big and important you are and at the same time, how you are part of a greater macrocosm that involves something much bigger than you. 
Yeah, I love that. I'm diving into my spiritual journey a lot more mm. recently. And it's made it it's really time, honestly. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's made a huge difference. Yeah. It is huge. Can you talk about integrative biohacking, what that means and how it can help someone feel better? Oh my gosh. Okay, so that's me. I that's <laughs> me loving science and thinking science is super sexy. Me too. <laughs> so yeah, totally. So okay, when we think of biohackers, like the first thing, John's like my husband's called John. He's like, biohacking, that sounds like computer shit. What are you talking about? I was like, <laughs> kind of, because I think of myself as as sort of a biocomputer, right? Because there there are very sort of systems and preferences, right, of the vessel. And so when I first started looking into the, or be, getting into the biohacking world through paleo, because the, the paleo diet, which I don't really follow any particular diet, I sort of intuitively eat for what works for me in my stage of life. And it's changed over the past 20 years um, a lot. But biohacking is kind of, it's a very masculine term. And so I sort of shoved that word integrative into the front because for me, biohacking is everything from like my R ring to oils, crystals, and herbs. So when you put those two things together, it's a really beautiful marriage of like the ancient and the modern and using everything at our disposal that we have. I I love that. And I that's a new uh, scope for me to look at it. Because from my perspective, I have always kind of, once I realized that all this medication that these Western doctors put me on, that I have to be on, truthfully, they don't get rid of all the symptoms. They don't help me achieve the optimal health. That's when I started really educating myself on like, you know, what what supplements should I take? What, how should I be eating? And I feel like when you are so in tune with your body, and Amy, you're a solid biohacker because you are so, when you're in tune with your body and when you listen to what it needs and intuitive eating and all, and you give it that, that's what you're doing. You're hacking your body essentially. Right. Do you agree, Michelle? I think, yes, definitely. I think there, the, there's, there's levels, right? There's levels like anything. I mean, not everybody checks their heart rate variability on a daily basis and like really gets into that. So, but, but certainly the woman who's like, I'm tired, I want to go to bed and it might be 10 o'clock. That's amazing. Like that is definitely listening to your body and really understanding the rhythms of sleep and how important sleep is. So that is definitely a hack that I think is important. I When I talk about biohacking, I really talk about tracking data and using that data to understand the body at, you know, at different stages. Because what I could do at 38 versus 44 versus 49, it's, it's, a, it's different. The body is always evolving. And I don't see it. And this is just to go back to the definition of aging. Like some people see it you know, oh, I can't do what I could do five years ago. You know now something you didn't know five years ago. So everything is is an exchange, right? It's a constant exchange. You exchange information, you exchange body composition for something else. What I looked like at 35, the muscle mass and the strength that I was doing, I'm not meant to be doing that now. If I did the same thing at 35, at 49, I would for legit burn out my adrenal glands. And when I, when you, the more you tax your adrenals, the more intense your symptoms are. Your adrenal glands are like the protection of the adrenal glands is everything as you gather years. Um, yeah. And I should say as a disclaimer, honestly, the way you do it is the safest way to, you know, collecting data the way I did it. I was just a guinea pig and I would try all these different things and one thing would work and the other thing wouldn't. And, you know, my husband, Adam would be like, what, what the hell? You got to stop taking all this stuff. What are you doing? Stop. So, you know, you, you do have to be careful and smart with how you're doing it. Yeah, you gotta you gotta know some you gotta do a little bit of reading. But I mean, I'm a human I'm totally a human guinea pig. I mean, there's a supplement that's become very like savvy in the in the doctor biohacking feminine world called um astaxanthin. It's a very long word. I, I always mispronounce it. And it's supposed to do great things for the brain, really amazing for your skin. I was like, yep, sign me up. Sounds like my thing. I ordered it, I took it. Within four days, I was completely constipated. I was like, 
I'm off this. So I've been feeding it to my husband, of course, trying to like optimize his brain and help his skin. But the and he's not just, having the adverse reaction. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not. He's not. That's the funny thing. But I mean, that's the thing is like I know my body. I know how it functions, and I know what's optimal. And when when something's off, like I listen to that immediately. Nice. That's great. And yeah, before we kind of get into our wrap session, what are some takeaways for our audience in terms of like early signs of hormone changing and also, can that be slowed down or would it be certain things you do to address a symptom? First and foremost, if you're still cycling regularly, well, okay, before I say that, can we just say that birth control does not balance hormones? Like, I just want every woman out there to know, like, if you're on birth control, I hope you're just taking it for birth control because it's amazing at that. Birth control pills are amazing at that. The Marina, amazing at controlling birth. It doesn't balance hormones. So I just like, again, changing the trajectory of women's health. It does, it just flips the switch off for the loop between the brain and the organs and the glands. It just flips that off and you're just putting more hormones into your body, synthetic hormones at that. So the first thing I would say to women is if you're taking birth control, cause you think it balances hormones, it's going to, it's going to numb the symptoms, but it doesn't actually balance anything. So that's the first thing. The second thing I would say is any abnormalities around your cycle with your cycle or around ovulation, which is, you know, changes for every woman, but it's when your body temperature changes almost a degree. And if you're taking your temperature, you know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, it's usually day 14 to day 17. So if you have trouble around ovulation or if you have really severe PMS, our cycle is like our fifth vital sign. It is such an incredible element of health that women are given, it's not a curse. So that would be the next thing. And then the next really sort of common thing is thyroid conditions. Katie and I, you know, we can, it doesn't run in our family, but we, we worked hard and did the New York thing. And here we are, we've lived to tell it. Thyroid conditions are very common because our thyroids deteriorate as we age. So thyroid symptoms are, for example, if you start putting on weight really quickly, if you have brain fog, if you find that you have temperature, sort of like you're really, really adverse to cold or really, really don't like the hot. I mean, no one really likes hot or really, really cold, but there's people who are like really cold hands and feet all the time. That's usually like early indication. And don't just get your TSH. That's the sort of standard. You need a full thyroid panel if you have any of those symptoms. It's really funny that you say that because Katie was the one who told me because my thyroid in one of my blood works was not high, but it was high for me. And she was, and my doctor had said, it's fine. You're in range. And Katie's like, no, you need to get the full panel done just in case because you were complaining about this and you were complaining about, so get it done. So I finally got it done and actually everything looked really good, thankfully. But I would have never, I would have never thought that. So I always send my blood work to Katie because she knows more than me about that stuff. But that's a really good point. And I know we were echoing that theme earlier of like not just trusting the doctor to say, because actually the thing about birth control is really interesting because when I was first having headaches and all of these things, my OBGYN was like, go on birth control, which I didn't. I think it was her way of saying, have regular periods, balance your hormones, and then your headaches will get better, which clearly is not the right advice. But in terms of, you had said one thing I wanted to ask about, about the symptoms, 14 days into your cycle or whatever. Are you saying that you should have symptoms or you shouldn't have symptoms? So around ovulation, just because Amy brought up the headache thing a couple of times, um, a lot of women who have either issues with estrogen, either making estrogen you know, there's three phases of estrogen. We do, we make it in our gut and then it goes through the liver and gets processed and then it moves down into the bowels. There's three phases of detoxification. And the thing about estrogen is, is if we're, if we don't make it and we don't package it and the liver is overloaded and then the package gets unwrapped in the bowels because, you know, we're not moving our bowels on a daily basis. So there's lots of different ways that estrogen can kind of go amok in the body. Here's what's going to happen. Like if you can't get estrogen out of your body, if you can't use it, have the liver process it and get it out, putting more estrogen, which is what's in birth control pills, putting more estrogen in a body that can't manage estrogen is just bad news bears. That's like feeding more alcohol to a drunk person. Like, Mm -hmm. why would you do that? You know? So 
this is why testing is really, really important. And urine testing is very sophisticated and tells, gives you way more information. Well, not way more, but different information on top of blood testing. So I would just encourage women to look into the Dutch test. The only thing is that if you're over 40 and you're having estrogen issues, a lot of doctors will say, we don't need to test your hormones. I know what your hormones are doing because they're immediately thinking estrogen is doing one thing, progesterone is doing another. Here, just take this antidepressant or here, take the birth control. Well, in actuality, that doesn't solve anything. It just potentially has the potential to clog things up or to deplete you of minerals. Both things, antidepressants and birth control deplete the body of essential, crucial nutrients. So if you're going to do that, which some women, you know, no judgment here, but if that's what you're going to do, that's what you're going to do. Make sure you're testing. Uh, And, you know, actually something sidebar that I learned this year was that eating fiber flushes out estrogen. So that's a big reason why, you know, to loop in why your diet is so important. So Michelle, you offer all of these fabulous different programs. Um, how can our listeners get in touch with you if they want to work with you? I know that you, uh, you do one-on-one coaching, you do group coaching. Um, how, how can they find you? So the best way to get in touch with me is to go through the website. There's a contact. You can contact me that way. You can send me an email or you can follow me on Facebook. I have a Facebook group, free Facebook group called Hormone Mastery Over 40. I give lots of great stuff there. And I do master classes in there. So if you're wanting to hear more and I go deep, that's a great place to go to. Nice. Thank you. Excellent. Okay. So getting into our first quick wrap session question, what is your favorite wellness or beauty hack? I have two, either cold showers for reducing inflammation, waking the brain up or, and, or dry brushing. I do those like on the daily. Well, I don't shower every day, but when I shower, (laughs) I hope my mom's not listening. Uh, Yeah. So dry brushing, dry brushing the skin, which helps move the lymphatic system. Yeah. I like dry brushing a lot. Do you take the whole shower cold or do you do like the last minute cold? No, I do the last minute. I mean, it's hot down here. So I feel like I also do cryotherapy. So I do that every every once in a while. That's a little bit easier because you've gone somewhere, you've paid somebody, you walk in, it's the beginning, a middle and end, and then you're done. Yeah. Kind of deal. Cool. I got to start the dry brushing. Amy, I didn't know you did that. Michelle, I know you did that because I I see you talk about all these fabulous things on (laughs) your Facebook page, but yeah. Cool. So the next one we call your five minute flow. You just got out of the shower and dried off, did your dry brushing. Uber just alerted you that they are five minutes away. What's your quick beauty routine? What are you gonna what are you gonna put on? What are your holy grails? What's gonna get you out the door and into that Uber on time? Okay. I think I've only been in Uber like four times, but here we are. Here we are. I'm a big walker and now I own a car. I own a new car. Never had a new car in my life. Um, I'm in the shower. Okay, in the morning. So if I've showered but I haven't washed my hair, which is a big thing. Um, I have a, a toner that I use all over. So I use it on my face just to kind of freshen things up. And it's uh, the, the scent I love is rosemary. So I use that on my hair too. And it just kind of makes it go from like that to like normal because I wake <laughs> up and my curls are kind of like everywhere. So that I would say that's my, that's my thing. And I use it all over my body. Like I have a small one in my, in my purse. So if I go work out or something back in the day when that happened, I would spray <laughs> that instead of showering. So that's my, that's my hack. Okay. And how do you maintain your daily nirvana? Orgasms, of course. Ah, that's our best answer. Oh my God. Date. You I win. Mean, you have you win. to. That's the other thing. On the ladies. daily? I wish I had did it on the daily. No, <laughs> it's like, wow. on the daily. <laughs> but definitely multiple That's times the goal, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the goal for sure. That's nice. Goal for sure. Nice. That's a damn good one. All right. Well, um, Michelle's going to honor us this week with, with doing our product review. She has an amazing uh, skincare line, A-Skin. And I'd love to, to just give us a quick snippet of what A-Skin is. And then I can't wait to hear about this product. Cool. So A-Skin is my completely natural line of skincare that I created. I mean, I've been using it since I was 35. So since I was pregnant with my first son and I just wanted something completely natural, I had the itches everywhere. Like my skin, I just had some kind of reaction and I just itched. So I created a body butter and a facial oil because I wanted it to be an all natural pregnancy. And so that's my, that's where it came from. And then 
Uh, it's made entirely of oils, herbs, botanicals, and butters. So I, you know, depending on the product, I use different stuff. And my favorite product is the facial oil. I've been using it for years and years, well before Vintner's Daughter. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's amazing. It changes well, now. Your skin is incredible. <laughs> Thanks. I, it changes now. It used to change every season and now it's changing twice a year. It's amazing. I mean, what can I say? It smells amazing. It feels amazing. And if you err on the dry skin side, it's incredible. And if you err on the oily side, it's equally incredible because it helps the body naturally break up sebum. I mean, sebum is, is an issue because of testosterone usually, but at any rate, it's great for all skin types. And that's what I use. And, and what is it you, called? Do you use it on your face or your body or both? I use it on my face, my neck, and the tops of my hands. Ah. Mm. Yeah. And so what, how do you keep your skin if you're not using lotion? How do you keep your skin moisturized then? I use a body oil. See, I don't use oh, lotions because they're water-based and anything water-based. So anything that's a water-based except my toner because it's a hydrosol. It's made with distilled water. But anything water-based that you buy like at the drugstore or at the you know, whatever Nordstrom or Bergdorf counter that has to have chemicals in it in order to preserve it. So I just don't use anything with water in it. So you just use a body oil? Yes. Yeah. I like body oil. I've just had a hard time finding one, oh. but I'm now there you go. going to find one because you have one. So that's I have great. One. And <laughs> it's, it's a skin facial oil, a skin body oil. That's, that's mm-hmm. how, how can our that's user, it's called. they'll just, they'll find it on your site, right? On my website. Yeah. So it's michelleaspenwall.com slash a skin. But if you go to the site, it'll, it'll take, you'll find it. It's not hard. Well, thanks for telling us about those products. I'm really excited to try them. And Michelle has also graciously given us a discount code for our listeners, which is Nirvana 20. We will put that in our show notes, which is amazing because I'm sure everyone's going to want to try all these natural products. So thank you yeah. for that. You're yeah. welcome. And that's you 20% so off. Nirvana 20 gets you 20% off. Yeah. Amazing. That's amazing. Thank you. All right. Well, let's wrap with our mantra. Uh, this one literally fell into my lap when we were in Nashville. And I just thought, oh, that's so cool. We got to use that next time because it's really very true. The secret to having it all is knowing you already do. And that's just a nice one to keep on a loop in your head. I love that. Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. All right, Michelle, thank you so much. This is great. Thanks for listening to Nirvana Sisters. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes. Please subscribe and leave us a review. Also, find us on Instagram at Nirvana Sisters. If you loved what you just listened to or know someone that would, please share it and tag us. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of Nirvana Sisters. We'll continue to watch out for all things wellness so you don't have to. Bye. Bye.